another episode of Seemingly Ordinary. I'm here with Rachel Hansen today, who has had such an interesting background. But today we are here to talk primarily about health and fitness and uh, what do you do if you've always been kind of an athletic person who's health conscious, health minded, but then you run into some problems that the medical profession per se is having a hard time solving. But you're also an ambitious person, so you start looking for alternatives. That's essentially who Rachel is, at least in this aspect of her life. Um, but before we get into that, can you just help me just back up and just kind of give an overview of who you are, what you're all about? Well, thank you, Tim, for that introduction. <laughs> um, I laugh because I'm like, athletic is not the description of current state, <laughs> um, though I did play uh, basketball and volleyball in high school. But uh, no, so yes, um, I am, I'm trying to think where to start from here. Um, my background is health and exercise science from a um, educational background aspect, and I'm, a, I'm certified as a personal trainer, health coach, and group exercise instructor through American Council on Exercise. And um, I worked for Cerner for about 10 years. Um, soon after college, I don't know, seven months or so after I graduated. And um, yeah, just being able to, just that desire for people um, to like, like through what I do of caring for people um, and then using fitness as a part of that too and wellness. Um, so I've never been, I just always remember saying this when I was younger, um, like my senior year, I'm like, I don't want to make the skinnier people skinnier and the buffer people buffer. Which is, I imagine no one has really said those exact words before, but that I just remember saying that because personal training wasn't really, and not that personal training is that world, but that's kind of some things where my mind kind of defaulted to that. So, um, but yeah, I just have, um, God's allowed me to walk through kind of a, a healing journey through my health um, since it re I mean it really kind of came present um, in April of 2019 and but through that I feel like he's shown me a lot and um, and it's still um, showing me things obviously like we're we're not we're not we're not made whole until we get to heaven so um, yeah and uh, currently I am working. Um, I became a certified PHR fitness instructor last summer, and so I've been able to offer um, PHR fitness classes and really working towards, like, the work that I do now, I, I want it to be under the work um, as a fitness apostolate. So um, that's a little bit of a background on me, and, um, yeah, we're all, we're all broken in the making of healing. <laughs> that is so much that you just said, it's kind of hard to know where to start. So it just seems like you've got all kinds of, uh, I guess, degrees or certifications for different avenues of fitness. You'll help people one-on-one. -on -one. You'll help people in groups. Uh, you see this as, I think, maybe more of a whole person experience. Yeah. Not just like, oh, I'm here to make skinny people skinny and mm -hmm. buff people buff, but mm -hmm. you're actually kind of like looking at maybe more than just their body, mm -hmm. maybe heart, mind, body, and soul. Right. Like kind right. of a comprehensive. Business. Yes. Yeah. The holistic approach mm -hmm. completely. And I think that's, that's what's so important. And I think sometimes especially in the fitness industry and the health industry, we miss those opportunities to really look at people being made whole um, because we really start to look at them as just like, 
you're just trying to reach their fitness goals. And that was always something like, there's more to it than just trying to lose 10 pounds because ultimately you might not lose 10 pounds after you do X, Y, and Z. And ultimately, like you can, you can work just as hard as the other person, but like um, that might not come to be because there might be an underlying factor that you don't know about. Or just simply like we know in life, everyone has different journeys and we don't know why some people have been through um, s- specific struggles that we haven't faced before and they didn't inflict that upon themselves, um, but it's just what they've had to journey. And so it can be very defeating if you're working towards a goal and then you don't actually get what you wanted out of that. And you gave all your heart and energy to that. And so I think that goes back to where's our purpose at? And not saying I have mastered this by any means, but where's our purpose at? And then really looking at um, those goals. Like, why am I wanting that? Uh, what's, the, what's the motive behind that? And uh, it is definitely a journey and, and, and kind of seeing how much... So I have a minor in psychology, but... Oh, interesting. And so I wanted to do that. And I just remember when I was in school, I was interested in that because I wanted to... I, I don't know. I just had, I, I wanted to actually do psychology with a wellness minor, and then that flipped in my first year. But through that, I realized that um, when I got to my sports psychology class, it was just like, it made sense now. Like, why? Because I tell people what I was doing, and like I was you know, doing health and exercise science with a minor in psychology, and it didn't always connect... And, like, when I had that sports psychology class, it made sense, you know? And so that's where I'm just, like, we have to incorporate psychology. And then as I've come over time, and especially through the training I received through PHR Fitness, it's just, like, that mind-body-soul integration is so important. And when they become disintegrated, it becomes more difficult. And um, as I said, I'm, I have not mastered all these things by any means. I'm just on the journey with everyone else. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me that a person would want to integrate fitness into the rest of their life, their heart and their soul and their mind, mm-hmm. because let's just say my goal is to lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for what? I mean, what's my big reason? What's my big purpose? Uh, yeah. I'd like, I'll just give you an example. I knew a girl who always kind of struggled with weight and uh, in, in all honesty, she was, I don't know, maybe 80, 90 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she found somebody she wanted to marry. Mm-hmm. And then she wanted to have that perfect wedding photo yeah. where she would just look, uh, just have the classic hourglass figure, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sure enough, she lost 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, in her photo, she is just absolutely radiant. Mm-hmm. It's it's just amazing. I mean, she's, her skin's got a healthy glow because she's been eating the right things and mm-hmm. also probably because she's getting married and mm-hmm. just everything feels so good. And so unfortunately, then the minute she got that photo, it, it just wasn't a year or two later where her weight just rebounded yeah. back to where it was. And, and I just, I think about that old saying that if people have a big enough reason, they'll crawl across broken glass, Ooh, that's you know, good. to mm-hmm. get something done. They would yeah. refer to people as a broken glass athlete. He's a broken yeah. glass third baseman. He will crawl across a broken glass field, you know, in just a pair of swim trunks. Yeah. If that's what it takes to mm-hmm. win the game because he's doing it for his teammates. Maybe mm-hmm. he's doing it for his parents. You know, he's doing it for a big reason. Right. And mm-hmm. and I think, well, just the only reason is to lose 10 pounds. Well, that's 
not terribly exciting, mm -hmm. and um, I can be all excited to do that until I see those Oreos, <laughs> you know? So I just, I feel like, you know, we have to tie these things into a purpose that's large yeah. and yeah. meaningful. Yeah, I think that's very true. And it's difficult, too, because it's like trying to figure out what is the right health goal for me, you know? I just, like... Um, and I can only keep saying, like, I do not come from a place of mastering these things. Um, so That's so funny to hear you say that because you look like a fitness coach. No. You do. Well, you no, totally I, do. You look well, like, you know, you I belong mean, in the Instagram. Uh, no, I just think that we, like, I think I was just thinking about this too as you were talking of just sometimes when we focus on, sometimes there are different parts of that body, mind, and spirit that need more emphasis. Okay. Um, than one or the other because, like, that needs to, like, if you're broken in one way, like, if it doesn't get mended, it's going to really, it's, it's just going to bleed over in other ways that you're not going to be able to really resolve that root cause issue. See, that always makes perfect sense to me, but in yeah. the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP, uh -huh. and so just I think that, not to oversell Myers-Briggs, yeah. but, but I like it, uh -huh. and I feel like I just have always thought everything's connected to everything else. Yeah, but yeah. But you talk to other people and they believe that, you know, I can compartmentalize all these yeah, things. Yeah, and then that. And may maybe they can. Maybe that's how their mind frame is. Right. But that's, it just wouldn't work for me. No. If, if one avenue of my life is falling apart, I, I have to work pretty hard to make sure that it doesn't spill over. Yes. And contaminate the everything. Rest. Yeah, pretty soon it'd be like radiation. It's spreading all over the city. Yes, yeah, and I think... It's so easy. We're taught to compartmentalize. Yes. And we're not taught to integrate. And I, like, especially going through pediatric training last year, I realized, like, how much I was compartmentalizing my own ways. And especially sometimes, you know, just the different things. Um, like, when you're in my previous job and then, like, now doing work that I am more passionate about, and I'm still, like, giving giving my heart and my diligency in the work I did before. But, like, sometimes when you created that, you created that disintegration so you could have balance to an extent, like mm. work-life balance and things like that. Okay. And so um, it's just interesting when you start, like, just these things just, you start to understand a little bit more about how to integrate. And not that we are ever going to master it, but just starting to think about how can we incorporate prayer throughout our day. Okay. How can we incorporate um, just not looking at the people at our jobs differently than the people in our day-to-day -day life um, or the outside of our job. And, and I'm not even talking about from a sense of like that you act one way in your job and you act one way, but like just seeing everywhere you are, like you're seeing those people as like real people and not just people that you have to get along with. And I, I think I failed at that in the past. <laughs> so not that I, you know, was poor to people, but just thinking I could have done better, you know? Okay. And so, but beyond all that, I think if, yeah, we have to get, um, if we're struggling in a specific way, um, like with our physical health, like we have to address that it, like we have to address the reality that like I have diabetes, for instance, like a person okay. with diabetes, so hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Like, so we have to like understand what's really going on there. We can't just simply, we can't just address the diabetes. Yeah. Well, well we because maybe this person's consuming tons of sugar, yeah, but and maybe why, they're consuming all this sugar because they're depressed. Yes. Like it goes all these layers. And so when you only go to 
an education class or you only receive coaching in a way that's only teaching you about how to take care of this one thing, right. you're not, you're like, you're not, you're missing the whole part of like, why, why am I looking for that food? Yeah. Why am I? Like you know, what's what, driving yes. this sugar yes. craving in the first place yes. other than basic physiology that, yes. oh, sugar tastes good. Right. That's great, comma, but, you know, if you had to give up sugar to save the life of a child, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking in a kind of an extreme way, right. but just to make the point. Yeah. Because I've, I've asked students this type of question you know if I gave you a million dollars to not eat any sugar yeah. for the whole month yeah would you do it they all say yes yeah and I believe them oh yeah yeah I mean if I could monitor them <laughs> and just make sure that they wouldn't and I and I think it might be a little rough for some right. of them for but the I think first they three, would four days yeah but, I mean for the million dollars yeah you know or if you could save the life of a child yeah by not eating any sugar you know mm-hmm. um, it's very tangible you know the tangible reality you're going to receive. And sometimes that's what's hard is that at the end, like what your goals are, you don't know really the tangible at the end. Like you just know that like this is good for you. And you know, it's like it's getting to the purpose. And uh, um, yeah, the more specific the reason and the Mm -hmm. bigger the reason, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the more the stakes are high, the more people are going to be willing to do it. And I think... And they'll do it for somebody else before they'll do it for themselves. Oh, yeah. I'm very... That is very much my nature, too. (laughs) Um, And I think sometimes we don't always... I say this of like, we always have to understand the opponent, too. Okay. You know, and so we have to understand, like, whatever we're dealing with in our life and our struggles and things... Like, we have to understand the physiology of, like, what we're dealing with, the science of how God created our body. And then we also have to understand, like, the tactics of Satan, too, like how he's trying to, like, intrude us, you know. And so whatever those things are. um, And I think that in order – so it's not just something that we can just simply – praying is powerful, and we do need to pray, and we need to, like – call upon the Lord's courage in whatever we're trying to like overcome. But we also have to, um, we have to take action. And there's something that I remember it was in our, um, our last challenge we did for Pietro fitness and it was also part of the training, but it's when Jesus says, um, that the man with a withered hand and he asked him to stretch out, um, to stretch out his hand and his hand was healed. And so he had an active participation in the healing. So it's not just only praying for the praying for whatever to be resolved and to ever be improved in your life, because that's what health really is. It's all about healing something, Yeah, you know, healing our body to full restoration. And, um, so if, if you only have, um, prayer that is important, but you have to integrate, you have to integrate the other side and you have to understand the body more and, I think that's a lot of times it's easy to, to go one way or the other. Do you, do you feel like people get stuck on that point um, that, I don't know, like maybe people want better health or something, and so they'll pray about it. Yeah. But maybe they just simply won't change uh, anything yeah. in their life. And I, I mean, so I think that happens in the mental health okay. um, struggles of people is that I think it's easy because, once again, like if you're not – well diagnosed with your original issue. Okay. And that kind of goes back to like the underlying issues I have due to mold exposure. Um, if you're not diagnosed with your original issue, um, it can cause you to like, um, you, you don't know, you don't know what you're dealing with. 
Okay. So I didn't know that I had underlying inflammation issue that's causing nerve tingling in my body. Okay, and that's that's the story that we need to get into. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like we've established the main point that things are integrated. Yes. And that everything is connected to everything else. Yes. And it might be easier for people, at least for some of us, to try to, I don't know, improve our health, mm-hmm. you know, if we're doing it for a big reason. Yeah. And, yes. and for me, yes. one of those big reasons is going to be God and religion. Yes. But but anybody, I suppose, even if you are, I don't know, an atheist or just, you know, maybe only a little bit religious, mm-hmm. it's still helpful to have that big reason. I feel mm-hmm. like we've established. Mm-hmm. So let's get into your actual story. What yeah. happened? Because your whole life, just as long as I've known you, you've been a very fit, very sporty, very athletic person, and you, you still seem very sporty and athletic to me. Tim, that's very nice. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, that's just very, that's very kind, but I can't say that I'm, I live up to those things. <laughs> but um, I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I, you know, just the times of working in health and wellness and um, I, uh, you know, I, I beforehand, like I, I experiment I was, around the time back that April of 2019, I was Sometime before that, I was experimenting with like keto diet and just okay. kind of seeing things and just um, see how it works. Yeah, and then I what happened? So to kind of um, back in that April, what happened was I woke up one morning um, and I, I don't know exactly when I noticed, but my vision felt a little off. Okay. And uh, so, but I didn't really realize to the extent. And then I ended up finally going to the doctor like a couple days that was like on a Sunday and then I went to the doctor on a Tuesday and I thought it was I don't know I was like maybe it's like keto die off or something a symptom and uh, like it's this damn keto <laughs> diet that's causing all these well I just thought you know it's just die off I was not taking it very serious okay um and so um and I remember talking to uh, a a lady that had just started working on our team and she was a nurse and I remember telling her about it because um, she had just started like that day and I was kind of, and but it's funny because that Tuesday I went ahead and I went to I don't know if it's an ophthalmologist or an optometrist but I went to a doctor I'd get in quickly and they did an evaluation on on me and my it wasn't really apparent until they did my visual field test and I don't I don't think I've really done many of those in the past I don't I can't really remember. What's a visual the, field The visual test. field test is when there's like spots going up on the oh, screen and you're looking okay. through like the little telescope thing, you know? And what are you um, supposed to... So you're supposed to be able to click, um, like click a button, like click your hand or whatever you have um, as you see like the spots come up. Okay. And so my visual field test was the one that showed I wasn't seeing. Oh, okay. Um, particularly like the the upper part of my field of vision. Okay. And um, because everything else on my eye looked good. Um, so she thought it must be something due, um, more at the nerve level. Okay. So then she sent me down, um, to get an MRI quickly, um, through, um, the local hospital, KU here. Um, and so I was able to go through that, had to go through the ER to like, she, we were able to kind of speed up the process and not have to wait around to get that MRI done. And there they actually found lesions on the brain Mm. and, um, and then being able to, uh, be diagnosed with optic neuritis. Okay. Um, and then just kind of, it was at that point in time. So it's just inflammation of the optic nerve, which is why they couldn't see anything in that basic testing they had done, um, at the, the, 
the office that I went to. Okay, because so, they're not really looking at the optic nerve. Yeah, you can't really look at. I mean, I don't know if they. I don't know if that office did have any more tools they could have used. But yeah, you can't really. I mean, the MRI is one of the more helpful ways to do that, um, which is kind of funny because then different things you start to kind of take evaluation of like MRI also you have radiation and right 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 <laughs> so there's like this whole thing of you know but I was yeah, grateful to get like, that it's like eating these plants yes. well, they contain all these nutrients oopsie daisy but this one also contains some poison. yeah and does it bother you does it affect your body and so yeah so through that um I ended up uh I ended up taking the solumedrol. It was an infusion of 1,000 milligrams. Okay. So I actually did an IV of, um, that's a steroid, I believe. So I actually do IVs of that for three days. I, that did not make me feel well. Ooh. And okay. um, and so I, but it was what, the only thing I knew at the time to do, because I didn't have, I didn't have any other options. I didn't have a functional medicine doctor I was working with. Right. I mean, right now you're in the traditional medical system. Yes. And you're following the doctor's yes. orders. And, yeah. Uh, and just, gosh, I'm sure they all have 10 years of education. Yeah. And yeah. They know what they're doing. So yeah. In theory. Yeah. So it's just like one of those hard things where, and I've thought about this too for, it's like people, how they want to improve their health. Some people aren't willing to make this like, the sacrifices of a more holistic, you know, wellness route. And sometimes that's, I think sometimes what happens is because they haven't been informed well. Right. Um, and well, so some of these words, I don't even feel like people necessarily know what they mean. Like yeah. uh, just in my own case, I don't know if I could tell you the difference between say a functional uh, doctor versus say a naturopath. Right. And and you could get into all that later. Let's keep going with your story yeah. before I sidetrack you. No, no, no. I tend to tangent. So thank you. <laughs> um, so then anyways, I, um, I end up seeing a functional doctor soon after that and was able to like kind of start looking at some things. I did a mycotoxin mycotoxin test, which is a urine analysis test. Okay. So, um, and, and what are they testing for there? Like impurities, like in your bloodstream or your body, or so. Something? Particularly through the mycotoxin test, it's done um, through urine samples. So they're finding the different um, strands of. Um, my brain's going fog for a moment. Uh, they cause the brain fungus. Fog, so the, the, the I know are. actually mold does cause that, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it, it, they are looking at the different strands, um, if that's what we want to call them, of the different like kinds of mold, um, aspergillus. Um, I'm trying to think, and that was aquatoxin A. I think it was my highest one. Okay. And so, anyways, and that's not that's typically I don't think a test you're going to find covered by insurance. So like these things aren't. They're not the easy route. Like, you have to kind of seek them out. Yes. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to go the other route. And I knew that I I didn't have MS, which is what the path, when I started going down that more route with the neurologist that I would visited with um, so many weeks after my MRI. Do, do you feel like you exhausted the neurologist in, in the sense of, like, hey, I, I got everything I can possibly get from you, and so therefore I'm going this alternative route? Or do you feel like, you know, maybe you've seen enough yeah, like I, you kind of know how this movie's going to end. Or I think or it was, was a couple of things. I I knew someone all also that experienced um, loss of vision, and so and our stories were similar. Okay. Um, and so that's where I was like, I ha- I definitely had a, a interest to that. Oh. And then um, I also know that sometimes 
the way that we I already had did did things well, not work out for your friend? No, she went more the traditional route. Okay, but and then, so, and that did not lead her to a happy conclusion? No, because this happened about a year prior to my vision loss. Okay, so I mean, so, she'd been down that road. Yeah, and, and just kind of like, and so I knew, I knew, I knew there was a... The road looked like a dead I knew end. there was a relating cofactor going on with our mold exposure. Oh. And so I knew that, like, through that, I, I knew I didn't want to go that route. And I knew, I just knew that there's... There's more, there's more to healing our body than only one. It's not just through the medical route. Right, right. And, and, and there's a role to play. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, thank you for our medical doctors and our nurses and anyone in the medical field because we need them. Um, but there's a difference also with chronic conditions. And not that was my, mine wasn't chronic yet, but realizing well, maybe it was, it just finally made itself manifest into a larger mm. recognition that it was. Okay. But, um, so that's why it's like, we have to look at the whole picture and not just as like, okay, you have this disease or you have this thing, we're going to shoot up you with, we're going to put some steroids in you and then you're going to get better. But it's like, no, what's wrong with me? Because right. Like what's causing, yeah, let's get to the root. Like you just don't have that happen every day to, I don't know, uh, 28, I don't know, 30-year-old or whatever how old I was. Like, that doesn't happen to young women. And same with my friend. Like, that just doesn't happen every day. Like, there's something wrong. And and same with any kind of these autoimmune diseases. Like, we, what is the root cause to them? Hmm. Um, what is really going on? And so what I – so I, wor- I started working with this doctor. Um, he was helpful to help me kind of really just kind of start looking at those factors. And, okay. um, and he put me on like a – a plan initially, like an eating plan, and then he had me doing supplements too. And um, I'll be honest, I wasn't. I was strict for about the first twenty-eight days following, and then, um, and I think it, I think it was supposed to be thirty days, and I even like slipped up the the last two days. But and he put me on supplements and worked on. You know, um, we did testing a couple of times follow up, but I still struggled with healing and. Um, and he was talking about the dairy and the gluten, and I was like, I'm not saying that those don't play a factor, and I don't have, I'm not celiac, I don't have celiac, and um, I don't have an intolerance um, to those, but I do have a sensitivity because I did a food sensitivity test, so I did have a food sensitivity to cow's milk. Um, I don't know if it was like completely over the line, but um, I don't think I did with gluten though. But those are two factors. People, when people are trying to heal their gut lining, they start removing certain things such as those and grains. Um, and legumes, but anyway, so I'd worked with him for a while, but it was just, I felt like I was still really struggling, and we weren't, I wasn't making progress, I don't, I think I didn't, at least I wasn't going the other route where I don't think I would have received, I would have just been worse off, Okay. so I felt like at least this was like, I was making steps to the right direction, but I don't think it was still enough what I needed. Okay, so the traditional route was the prescription primarily just these steroids? So, yeah. So, the neurologist that I met with, it would have been, like, after a month, maybe. I can't remember. After the um, MRI. And I can't remember. Because I'd, I'd met with the neurologist um, over a period of times. But at one point, one of the proposals was to start taking MS medicine as a prevention. Because people with this um, condition or this scenario is that you're at risk for MS. Okay. So that was the 
the medication being proposed, um, and I was like, I don't have MS. Medications cannot, like medications don't heal. They, that's their, their goal is to like medicate, not okay. heal. What does that mean? Does it mean like stop symptoms? I would say, I mean, I don't know the exact definition, but like I would say my, um, my own little way is that, yeah, it's just to cover up the symptoms and, um, and not saying that people shouldn't take any of their medications, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um, by any means. Yeah. We're not really giving medical advice. No. Here. We're just telling stories. Yes, exactly. And so, and also like any, what I share here is not to create judgment against wherever anyone's in their health journey or anyone in the health wellness medical field It's just kind of my journey in that. And I think, um, I didn't want to cover up my symptoms because I know anytime you cover up a symptom, it's going to like, there's a root cause there. Like right. if you don't seek to we heal that, address the actual yeah, it's going to manifest itself, you okay. know? So, um, so anyways, then through that, I had worked with this functional doctor for, um, eight months or so. Okay. Um, and the functional doctor is getting you to not do dairy, grains, yeah. legumes. Yes. And putting you also on a bunch of vitamins and supplements. Yeah. And also like doing, testing that your traditional probably health insurance wouldn't uh, cover. Yeah. So they're yeah, actually unusual. being able to test things that are kind of like trying to look at like that, the mycotoxin test, the food sensitivity test. Right. These are kind of yeah. allergy type things. Right. My, and my mom has always had a lot of allergies. Yeah. And so then, you know, she's been to various allergy doctors. And, right. You know, I guess the old fashioned version was they might give you about 40 or 50 pen pricks. Yeah. About oh. 40 or 50 different, yes. uh, different, I don't know, substances could be plants, could be molds, who knows what they are. Yeah. And then you see, which ones inflame the person. Right, right. You know, and then after that, then they say, okay, here's your list of four things that you should avoid from now until the end of time. Right. And that's even interesting because allergies and food sensitivities are actually in two different testings and they're two different things too. Okay. So it's like these layers of like helping people to understand the health of their body um, that you're not going to see. One of my food sensitivities is almonds, but, and I didn't do an allergy test for almonds. I don't think okay. I had. Well, so you're I not might gonna... have been mixing them no, in no, no, my no, no. mind. No, no, no. That's no, that's good things though. Like all those things are important is yeah. to recognize that. Um, and so what's helpful is that like you, you get a more holistic picture. So you can look at the allergies, you can look at the sensitivities, you can look at just what factors are kind of being at play there. Well, I mean, people do have allergies and yeah. the, I guess the traditional system might test for some of them, but yeah. they won't go into this incredible detail that's maybe more for specialists or maybe yeah. it's more for, uh, I guess, the functional medicine people, sure, et cetera. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, all those things. And I remember it was difficult um, in the beginning before. So after I met with him, I had gotten, um, at the end of 2020, I had gotten um, COVID. And so sometimes with that, when you get a virus and you have an underlying condition, um, and I would say what I have, chronic inflammatory response syndrome is my diagnosis, but like I would say it kind of runs in line with how autoimmune um, conditions act. And so anyways, with viruses, they, they, they can have a, your body can have a, a de- like that reaction after the virus okay. too. So after that, I noticed that, and I wasn't scared of COVID. I was like, yes, I get my natural immunity now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but after that, I was, my body was taking time, like it had a reaction. And I remember feeling like I was nauseous 
And like one day I was driving to work and I was just like going crazy because I was like, I don't know why I don't feel well. And I was just like trying to call my doctor and, and the functional doctor and so I, or provider, and he ended up, we did some testing, but still nothing came back. Because okay. I was just like, I'm determined to find something what's wrong. Because we knew I had mold, but okay. we didn't have, I didn't really, that was all, I didn't have like a diagnosis of the surge yet. So I just kind of felt crazy. And then I went and saw another doctor or a, a nurse practitioner. And then she was thinking it, like she, it, the advice given was not helpful. <laughs> let's just say and so it just made me feel more crazy what did um, she say well she's like i think it's anxiety which oh. is that's what's really sad like about, it's all in your head yeah and that's what's really sad is that i think a lot of times when people don't know how to diagnose you okay it's like oh it's just it's it's on you Gosh. so now it's your anxiety because they, they since, it back. since it's not tangible and i can't see it and okay. it's all just you telling me these emotions and these feelings and then it's like and uh, that did not make me very happy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but well, um, it's like yelling at a person to relax. Yes, yes, yes. And I just was like, it doesn't work. Screaming. Don't at use that against me. Yeah. Like that is, and it, just because you don't have full knowledge of my condition doesn't mean you can default to what you think it could be. Um, like just to broaden that mindset of like, hear me out. Of like, well, this is what my body's going through. And so, um, which is what would be really beautiful when you see. Med the medical field partnering with the functional medicine field to really create a partnership together. Like, how can we bring full restoration to this person? Do they do that? Um, I think there is some. Um, I can't, like, I, okay. I was like, I really can't answer that question fully, so I can't really say some. But my my doctor now, which I see her nurse practitioner, but the, the um the doctor that I originally seen at this at this new practice I go to, she is she is an integrative doctor. So okay. she has the MD background, but she has that functional approach. Okay, which is really a beautiful approach. Okay, and what exactly is functional in a nutshell? Uh, I'm not an expert here, but in my small ways, I would say of just like trying to really look at the root cause of what's going on. Okay. And then trying to get your body to fully function. Okay. So mm -hmm. like, for example, let's say they determine that in one particular case, oh, it's allergies. Yeah. And so if we could just remove all of these allergens from your life, well, hey, we just hit the root cause and yeah. you're probably going to get better. And understanding why did that allergic reaction turn on okay. so like going into like even, why were you able to tolerate it maybe for the first i don't know 25 years of your yeah. life mm -hmm. but then i you know well who knows maybe you're also under a lot of stress yes like or or you know if somebody's older like let's say they're 55 and it turns out when they're 55 yes maybe that's why yeah you know just because well you're just a little older yeah and yeah like those things that we default to like oh my my grandparents had, or my parents had diabetes, or and it's like I'm not saying the genetic factors aren't real, but understanding what what are the what are how can we help our bodies? And I think about um, some of the I've been shared this, so like this isn't my word, but like the toxic burden. Hmm. So like when and you, you, there's different explanations. I imagine toxic can, burden. So like you have like this availability of like you know you're at the splash park. <laughs> Um, I think about like the one I went to with my, it's like the pool splash park with my niece or whatever. But anyways, you have that big bucket that's at the top, you know? Yeah. And then it starts filling up. So let's fill it up. So, okay, let's talk about the tap water. And I'm not saying you can't drink tap water. That's what I'm saying. Cause 
I've tried to buy my reverse osmosis water, and then I'm like, you kind of bounce them. I'm like, this is getting too crazy trying to keep up. But like, fill it up with that. Then you fill it up with the all the um, pesticides put onto our food, oh. and then the GMOs. Fill it up with that, and then you fill it up with just the toxin exposure that we receive outside. Um, the EMFs that we get from screens. Okay. Um, and even just like I imagine the Wi-Fi. We're okay. constantly surrounded by Wi-Fi. Yeah. So you have that. We don't have contact directly with the ground because we always have rubber on our feet. Mm. Um, so we're losing that. That could help us too. Um, and then just all these surrounding things. And then mine was mold exposure too. Okay. And then on top of that, like emotional stress too. So right. all those stress factors. And eventually... I, you know, if we can kind of go back to that bucket, it's just like it was getting that, la- that, that mold exposure was probably just building up with the other things in my life. And then it just tipped. The water fell. I lost vision, you know. Okay. It's the, the last drop. Yeah. That causes the bucket to yeah. turn over. Yes. And it is, I'm not saying it didn't, wasn't doing things earlier than that, but that was when I was like, whoa, something's wrong here. This isn't normal. I didn't just, because I, I remember having some fatigue and stuff prior to that, because that's another issue with this is chronic fatigue. Um, but I but I didn't put that together until it was like, you don't pay attention until, you know, blood pressure, until, you, you know, these things start to come up. And you're like, oh, not that I have blood pressure, but just with anyone else until you have the heart attack. Rachel, this just hearing this whole story, here's the part that just is so weird for me completely. So I'm just looking at you, and like I said, you know, you look like a fitness coach mm. and you have so much energy and your brain operates so quickly. You just seem like the picture of physical health and mental quickness. And yet you had this problem and it was nagging and it was, you know, you're seeing like weird little spots in your field of vision or in other cases, you can't see the spots mm-hmm. that they want you to see. And so then this leads you on this quest and you yeah. go to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, gosh, maybe we should do something preventative for MS. And then, you know, you don't have MS. So then yeah. you're thinking, well, how do I get some accurate answers? So then you go over to the functional medicine people mm-hmm. and then those people do allergy screenings and other screenings. And then they put you on, they take you off of a bunch of things like dairy and gluten. They mm-hmm. put you on a bunch of things like vitamins. Mm-hmm. So what happened after that? So then just, I s- just to make sure that we, we get to the end of the story yeah. before I start like figuring out what it all means. Yeah. So then after that, I still, as I said, my body still didn't seem like I was making progress. And I was thinking maybe it's because I, I wasn't being strict about the dairy and gluten. Okay. And, um, you know, I was just thinking like, cause I was on a more paleo diet and I was supposed to avoid my food sensitivities for 90 days before okay. I reintroduced them. So I had four food sensitivities um, that were at least the highest ones. Okay. Anyways. And, and a paleo for people who don't know, yes. it's basically eat nothing that comes in a wrapper or a box uh, and probably not even a can. It's everything natural and nothing unnatural. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, mm-hmm. meat, fish, eggs. Stop. Yeah. Stop right there. Yeah. Don't eat anything else. Yeah. Just eat those things. That's a paleo. Yeah. Just for people Good who may synopsis. not know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I end up starting to, um, I end up reaching out to this doctor, Dr. Jessica Jellison, and I end up reaching out to her, but I couldn't get in for three months. And I was like, oh my gosh. As I was having these, like, especially when I, that was in that time frame, 
that was when I was told it might be your anxiety or like just you know just like what is wrong with me well, like I can't I know, figure out why that I feel would, well if I wasn't anxious before and I want to see the doctor and it's going to take 90 days yeah if I wasn't anxious before I might be now <laughs> yeah he's just like I just wanted to have like I want to have a solution and so finally when I met with her she actually has a history of um, Dr. Jessica Jelson, she had a history of dealing with mold. Okay. So she had a direct connection. And she, in my first appointment, she asked me questions. Of it wasn't just like, do you eat? Do you eat fruits and vegetables and do you exercise? And not saying that not all doctors ask that question, but it was very more encompassing. Um, looking at things of even down to like, were you breastfed? Were you just all these things of like your whole picture? And so. And that's, um, I don't know if it was that first appointment, but I eventually was diagnosed with um, chronic inflammatory response syndrome that can be due to mold okay. or Lyme disease. And it's R- basically... Wait, run that title by me again. Yeah, so it's called SIRS, C-I-R-S, okay. chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Oh. And so it's just chronic inflammation, if you kind of think about that. So people are going to, like mine, I can get tingling throughout my body. Okay. And, and I was having sensitivity in my eye, um, like... Specifically, when we started working from home, that made it more difficult. Um, oh, when yeah. everything went working, yeah, like kind when, of, when all the lockdowns yes. instituted, yeah, and then people are forced to work from home, yes, and then you're a very social, outgoing, extroverted I person. Am. I do love being with people, so. so then they're like, No, just yeah, just stay inside, <laughs> and that Don't was see anybody. I was like, <laughs> Walkings were, yeah, to get out and walk was always a good thing, but I had to be looking at a screen with that eye that struggled because it EMF once again is a it's a talk it's toxic okay. you know for our bodies and but some people are able to tolerate it better too okay so through that I sort of ha- like my nerve tingling like I'd get nerve tingling in my face or even just pain in my eye mm. and um this didn't happen like this is more um I'd get uh, ice pick pain in my head Ice and pick sit. pain, like yeah. somebody is like stabbing you. There's a, that's one way they explain. I haven't really thought about stabbing me per se, but that's one way they explain it. But just like it's like a sharp pain. Okay. Um, and so these are once again, it's like recognizing. Okay, the EMF is bothering me. Like starting oh. to take that recognition of this is what I'm getting triggered by. Okay. And um, so that made it more difficult. But with that doctor. Um, March of 2020 was when I visited with her. And so I committed to like being dairy and gluten-free for about a year's time. Okay. And so for the most part, um, I definitely wasn't cheating like I had before. And, um, yeah, cheater. I, yes, I was <laughs> like a little cheater. I think it's because like you need to be convinced. It's like, once again, you need to have the purpose. Like you need to be convinced of the reason why you're doing something. And for whatever reason, I didn't really get the whole reason why, I needed to remove gluten and dairy. Like, it's not that I disagreed, but I knew how difficult it was, and I don't know. But um, with that... Yeah, if you're not sure you have an allergy to this particular thing, you're right. Yeah, it just yeah. goes back to what we well, were saying earlier, that you have to have a good enough reason yeah. to do anything. Yes, and the thing with what they talk about, I think, with dairy and gluten is because it, it can damage the gut lining. Okay. And... Um, and so it, it doesn't allow your body to heal, essentially. Okay. So, um, yeah, because, yeah, some people it, don't know this, but there is kind of the belief out there that if there's something wrong with your gut lining, yes. then all of this garbage gets into the rest of your system yeah. and then it just goes around and it just, you know, wreaks havoc. 
Leaky gut. Yes. Yeah, leaky yeah. gut syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's various dietary means of trying to heal leaky gut. Right. Right. So, um, so when I started working with my new doctor, I just felt, I don't know, I felt more convinced of her, and okay. just like I, and so I, excuse me, I, I committed to that, and then. Once again, it's not that I actually felt better. Okay. Um, but I knew if I didn't take that, like I knew I would have been worse off. Oh. So like it's just like I knew I would have been worse off, but I'm like I'm not feeling better. And so then that has, um, and then I end up um, having to quit my job because of trying to work from home was difficult. Okay. Um, with like the screen time. What um, What month did you quit? Do you remember? Um, May of. 2021. Okay, just to yeah. kind of put it into yeah. a context. It was for quite a journey too because I had to take, I took medical leave when I initially lost vision in my eye in, in 2019. And then I took medical leave again and I was like, you know, give my body a break. Um, like I knew EMF, it's not like you go to um, rehab, you don't go to see your physical therapist for rehab for your ankle and you're like, this is not, this hurts, but I know it's good for me. I know it's going to grow me. And when you look at a, a screen that has EMFs, it's not like, oh, this is good. It's going this. If I start to feel like some pain, it's it's good for me. Like it's going to grow. <laughs> I'm recovering, and that's obviously not the case. So, anyways, I was kind of on a journey of taking medical leave. Um, started in October of 2020, and then it eventually like it just like I could not I could not get back to work full time. Okay. So, um, but God like opened a perfect. Um, he just he meant it in the timing that he meant it. And like just reflecting on that. And um, like I was able to close that door and um, and then excited about I finally get to go pursue like what could this faith fitness look like? Okay. Um, so it, like something that I'd wanted to do um, since I graduated pretty much. Okay. Um, because I guess before, just because of who you are um, and everything being connected to everything else, you're sort of probably integrating faith into fitness, but yeah. you're doing it kind of all on your own yes. without somebody else who's kind of been there, done that, yes. and maybe they've done it at an expert level. Yes. And here you're just trying to integrate them from the standpoint that, hey, I'm Rachel, I'm trying to integrate these things. Yes, yeah. Okay. And just being able to proclaim, like proclaim Jesus' name and proclaim the saints or whoever, you know, not whoever, but like proclaiming, Proclaiming these things that are so um, near and dear to your heart. Yeah, and so it was just such a, I was just like freeing, um, and so, but through that, like, still my healing wasn't. I'd still, and to this day, I still struggle okay. um, with feeling like a hundred percent. And um, just even recently, I became very aware of like, and I know sleep's important, but how critical it really is for my body. Okay, um, because my body will actually start feeling tingling, like it doesn't. Um, it's just a weird, I'm, I've once like, it can be kind of explained as, or in the past, like putting your, your, like electric charges going through your body. Okay. It's a very weird feeling. Um, like that you when somebody's used, leg is asleep or something. Yeah. That you pins and needles. Tingling, yeah. Pins and needles. But it's not necessarily pins and like, Ooh, that like hurts, uh-huh. it, you know, uh-huh. it's not, it's like the achiness. Okay. So sometimes people might describe some of their symptoms with SIRS as um, flu-like symptoms. Okay. So it's kind of like that. But then you you realize, I'm not getting the flu, though. Like, this is... So that, in the beginning, though, before I knew what it was, it was confusing because it's like, am I getting sick? Like, what's mm. wrong with me? Okay. But now I know, like, you know, you know the, you know the physiology of the body. 
Okay. So now you're not as confused. <laughs> well, okay. So do you feel, now that this disease has a name, do you feel, sirs, do you feel that you understand it? I do understand it better. And it's still like a part, there's still, like you're still learning more and more. Um, and what, what are the causes and how can you treat it? Okay. So normally with mold, um, the first thing is to um, remove yourself from the exposure. Okay. Um, but what's really difficult about mold and people that have this is that a, they say about a fourth of the population um, has certain has some sort of a yeah. mold allergy. Like, or they have the yes, they have. It's not, and it's a different world of. It's not a mold allergy, but it's the fact that your body can't detox the mold naturally. Mm. And so there's about a fourth of the population that can't do this well. Okay. So you know we have our detox pathways and mine do not process mold. And so um, so it stores the mold. And anytime when you store toxin, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. You're going to get sick. Yeah. And then especially if you can't get rid of it, well, then that means you only just acquire more. Yes. I mean, so, how do you get your body to get rid of this stuff? So, so after you remove yourself from exposure, which as they say like 50% of buildings have mold. So it's like, uh-huh. it's really hard to remove yourself from the exposure. Right. It so would be just, everywhere. Yeah. So you just kind of do your best. I mean, and, if you lived in a cave, yeah, the cave would have if mold. I could, and I would the love to just live outside. Have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the there cave. You go. <laughs> oh, I know the things you're like. So then after that, you can take binders to bind to the mold and okay. let it process out. So that will help pull the mold out of your system. Okay. That can also be really harsh on your system too, depending on how fast okay. you go with the binders. Like um, the natural bind, a natural binder would be like activated charcoal oh, okay. would be an option. And then okay. you can take, like I took an actual medication that they used for cholesterol, but it can bind to mold. Ah. So that would be like the follow-up. And then there's other things that people, like I had taken glutathione, which helps. Um, and then removing, I mean, there's different options, but like removing foods that are higher mold. Um, so peanuts, cashews, um, corn, like there's certain foods that I think corn is things that are higher in, um, the mycotoxins. Okay. So you don't want to put more mold into your body. Okay. So maybe this explains some people's nut allergies. Yeah. You know, and I need to look into that more, like understanding, like, is it really an allergy or Uh is it something that's dysfunctional in the body? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't, I'm not. I don't have the the background to really speak on that, but okay. it just kind of makes you wonder because it's like why do because inflammation, an allergy, an allergic reaction is inflammation. Yeah, I would you know I would I well, would say and, so, and just in my own simple mind, just from me looking into various things and yeah. trying to be kind of a lifelong fitness nut. Yeah, you know, like I've been in the weight room every week of my life since I was fourteen years old. Uh, I used to run marathons. In fact, I ran 500 marathons in 10 years. I ran roughly one a week for 10 years. Uh, (laughs) And now I'm more into weightlifting and all that. And just, I've tried every diet. You know, I I shouldn't say every diet, but I was a strict. Definitely have been cycled. Very strict vegan for eight months. And then after that, I went to paleo. And then within the context of paleo, I went to keto. Yeah. And uh, then now, I, I guess I would classify myself as carnivore adjacent. Yes, You know, yes. based on doctors like Dr. Sean Baker, Dr. Jamie Seaman, who goes by the name of Dr. Fit and Fabulous. <laughs> uh, there's a Dr. Gabrielle Lyons and a Dr. Paul Saladino. I follow their work. I've read some of their books. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just basically carnivore slash carnivore adjacent, yeah. which means occasionally, like, I'll go off of carnivore and have... 
uh, I don't know, fruits, vegetables, things yeah. like that, you know? And, yeah. and so like, and if you don't know about the carnivore diet, when you first hear about it, it sounds absolutely insane. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Although I will say, given where I grew up, which is rural Iowa, uh-huh. uh, carnivore sounds a lot more appealing to practically everybody I grew up with <laughs> than, say, veganism does. <laughs> and it's so funny to me that you'd have somebody like me who was strict vegan for eight months, and yeah. I mean no fish, no eggs, wow. no meat, True no vegan. cheese. And then yeah. somebody said, oh, honey's an animal product. So then after that, I was like, really? And they're like, you knew that. And I go, but I didn't realize it was off the vegan list. And they said, it's off the vegan list. So then it was like, no, honey, you know, I wouldn't even like, yeah, just wouldn't do anything. Yeah. I did that very, very strictly. Wow. You know, I just tried to channel all that marathon discipline, wow. you know, into my food choices. Wow. Essentially. More discipline than me, for sure. Yeah, well, that's I, incredible. I, I, I don't have perfect self-discipline, but I wish that I did. It's an aspiration. So maybe when I'm 100, I'll be like super self-disciplined. Of course, I remember telling my niece one time this story about this this guy who was 100 years old, and they he was in great shape. Mm-hmm. Then they brought him out a birthday cake, and uh, he wouldn't have a piece because he goes, that's against my condition. Why would I work against my condition? Uh, and, and to me, that story great, made perfect sense. Yes. And I was like, this guy is a rock star. He is. And then my, my niece, who is 20, looked at me and said, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> it's your 100th birthday. Why don't you have a piece of... Cake. It was really his 100th birthday? It was his 100th birthday. Wow. He was in great shape. And, you know, that's and, incredible. Uh, yeah. He that's was not going to work against his condition. My niece thought that he was a moron, and I thought that he was a genius. So, that's... who is right? I don't know. I don't know who is right. <laughs> that's awesome. But, oh, the discipline. That's where, yeah, that's where my. I definitely struggle with discipline, even I, though... I could have great self-discipline for up to 10 seconds, and then after that, I look at that delicious thing, and I'm like, yes. ooh. Yeah. You know. Well, and then I think, you know, it's funny. Um, so this year, earlier this year, I was trying to experiment with a, um, a carnivore-ish diet, okay. and um, I felt like it did calm some of my symptoms. Okay. Um, but then I was like, there's still, still something miss. Like, I don't know if I want to be committed to that diet, and I'm still trying to figure out what is the ideal, but then it's really kind of lately um, just discerning to, like, is there, like, is there more than, I mean, we know there's more than to to health than just your diet. Oh, for sure. But, like, really trying to, like, how much is, what are the things that are affecting me most? And so the newest thing I've been trying to incorporate is, um, this has been inspired by my mom, Um, but there's information out there, but my my mom's always cheering me on, trying to help me like, cause she's working on some of her autoimmune and then it's just like sharing that with me. And so, um, so it's just a, it's a great gift to be able to share that with your family. Right. Um, well, I feel like this is what people, normal people do. It's like, I don't know, let's say I get the common cold and then let's say you say, well, I had the common cold and I knocked it out in a day because what I did was I went for a long walk and then I hopped in the sauna and I just sweated it out. Yeah. And you know, different people will try different things and people have just always talked to each other about what they try. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, and it's always that hard balance too, because it's like, you know, being in the health world, like you can't, you can't be out of your scope of practice, uh-huh. but then just in day-to-day life of just like trying to discern things with people to kind of process like, when did you start feeling that way? Yeah. Like, was it just this point in time? Like, can you go back and start tracing like, 
oh, you started having your hair texture started changing or your mood started changing or this. And then you start lining up this picture. But um, so I've been doing, I've been trying to, um, my goal, um, not that I've been, like last week I didn't do it at all. And so I'm trying to get on route um, of getting the- time to start any diet is always tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) Um, That week that we had about two weeks ago when it was nicer weather, I I, I was having, I was able to do this more, but I was going out and getting the sunrise, like looking at the sunrise. Okay. um, And because it helps with our circadian rhythm. Okay. And so looking at the sunrise and the colors, they say even helps in the sunrise too, the different colors. So not looking directly at the sun, but okay. those colors. And so, and I've even, um, like with your, your direct eye, so like not wearing, I have, I wear contacts. So making sure I'm not wearing contacts or wearing my glasses like completely so your eye, I can get that. And the other thing is um, going back to that barefoot idea uh-huh. um, and that our feet directly on the ground or if you can sit on the ground um, because... And I'm still trying to wrap my round, my way around how to like um, more articulately explain um, like why this works, yes, or why this is good, yes. Well, and can I can I take a swing? Yes. At it? Okay. So this is just from my point of view. So when I was vegan, I did this because I'd seen I was trying to run a faster marathon. Uh huh. So I'd, I'd ran 40 marathons at this point, and I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Oh, and yeah. so part of what was drawing me into the nutrition world uh, was if I just clean up my diet enough because, yep. hey, I'm not like 20 years old. If, mm-hmm. I'm, if you're 20, I notice you can set world records and eat garbage all the time. <laughs> but if you're 40 and if you're trying to run a marathon uh-huh. and you're trying to get quite a bit faster – Yep. Uh, like shave 15 minutes off of your marathon, which is kind of an eternity. Signif- yeah. Well, and the way you're going to do this, I felt, was you have to look at everything. You have to look at your your running, your weightlifting, your sleep, your diet, your yeah. water, your stress level, yep. your prayer life, your friendships. I, I was like willing to wow. play any card that I could possibly play. Wow. I was look, looking at everything. You know, yeah. do I want heat? Do I want ice? You know, yep. what do I want? Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess I want it all. Mm-hmm. I want to try all of these various things. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, yeah, that's what I did. I was just looking at everything. And so when I went vegan, and I did that for about four marathons, mm-hmm. um, the thing that kicked me out of it was I started listening to these podcasts, and they were from the paleo world. Uh-huh. And there were all these ex-vegans who had gone paleo. Oh, and they wow. felt so much better when they were eating meat. Yeah. And then I was also Googling things like vegan bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And there was like one guy, <sighs> you know, and I thought, hmm. Well, then the thing that really kicked me out was on one of these podcasts, they mentioned that you need B12 to stay alive. Mm. Without B12, you will drop dead. Mm. And so a lot of strict vegans have to go get B12 vitamin shots. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought, hey, that's fine for them. And and uh, whatever people want to do, yeah. I just say, hey, do it all the way up, whatever nutrition plan. Again, I'm not giving advice. This is just my own random opinion. Right. You know, take it for what it's worth. But, mm-hmm. but my feeling is if you're going to be a vegan, be the super healthiest vegan you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a Cheetos and Pepsi vegan. Yeah. Be like an all-natural food vegan. Right. And if you have to supplement, then supplement. Well, once I realized that, okay, they probably didn't have B12 vitamin shots in the year 1500. Mm-hmm. So I thought, how can you be a vegan in the year 1500 it didn't seem natural right, to me right. anymore. Right. And then I realized that my fundamental driving 
principle on all things health and fitness and nutrition was what's natural. Yes. And I want it to be as natural as possible. Mm -hmm. So then later, when you would read about people like Wim Hof, the Dutch iceman, you know, Mm -hmm. the guy who like swims underneath sheets of ice and does breath work and cryotherapy. Sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. He's really, really, really crazy. And he's totally awesome. And people will travel all across the world just to be with Wim Hof. Wow. People can look him up. Uh, It's spelled W-I-M-H-O-F. That's his name, Mm -hmm. Wim Hof. Well, you know, he would go around barefoot because he wanted to have his bare feet more in touch with, uh, I guess, I don't know what it is, the electromagnetic yeah. field of the earth. Yes, yeah. So that's that was the thing for me. So then when you're saying, hey, you know, people want to look at the sunset mm-hmm. and they want to absorb the colors, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought, well, people just like to do that because it's peaceful yeah. and it's artistic yeah. and you see God's artwork. Yes. Well, the thing is, from a standpoint of, say, evolutionary psychology, this is what people were doing for two million years. Mm. The entertainment was, okay, hey, kids, let's all get together. Let's watch the sun go down. Yeah. Or in the morning, let's watch the sun go up. Yeah. And everybody's running around barefoot. And uh, according to, like, the people in the paleo nutrition field, you know, the average person was living to be about 65, mm. assuming a gigantic accident didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like if you got mauled by a tiger mm-hmm. or if you fell off of a cliff, maybe you're not going to live to be 65. <laughs> but everybody else, gosh, we're kind of like lean and strong and fit. Mm-hmm. And what's our lifestyle? We're mm-hmm. eating all natural food. We are sprinting from time to time. We're playing mm-hmm. a lot more. Yes. Uh, we're with family and friends mm-hmm. a lot more. We are probably barefoot and mm-hmm. connected to the earth, and we're looking at the pretty colors. Yeah. So so that's that's kind of like my quick standard for things. Mm-hmm. I, I realize ultimately I have to be my own yeah. uh, health practitioner in the sense that doctors are my helper. Yes. Nurses are my helper. Yes. Uh, They have tons of education. I've got three medical doctors in my family. I admire and I love them completely. Mm -hmm. Um, They work for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And this is why people go out there and they get like a second opinion or a third opinion from doctors. Because we just believe the first one that we heard. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, What what if that person just doesn't click with me? Right. Or whatever. Or or maybe we didn't have, you know, you only have so much time to share with them. Maybe they don't they haven't had an opportunity to really see your whole story. Yes. And there might have been something significant that yes. they that didn't get touched on. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and that's, like, that's something, and I feel like my mom's instilled that to me a lot, of just having, like, a natural approach. Um, and that's why I was kind of, like, wanting to get away from the supplements for a couple of reasons, um, that I just wanted to find something that, like, more cost-effective because I've spent a lot of money on my health and... Um, and I'm still not, you know, reaping the results that I would have hoped for naturally. Um, and so it's like, well, and then just thinking like when you share with other people, um, it, it can be expensive to go seek out those kind of doctors. And unless you have a significant health reason like I did, you might not really want to. Like, you know, like you, because you don't know ultimately if this, if, if this is going to help me. And so I think the natural approach um, and so just trying to take things in that way. And that's why kind of, you know, just this barefoot grounding idea, um, like our ancestors would have all done that. And we wouldn't have had, I was listening to this uh, podcast from a guy and I, I forget his name, but um, he, or he was going to interview it and he was, they were talking about how, I think his pre-existing, he was doing like grounding of electrical cables. Oh. And so, but then he discovered his question, um, he was like, what? 
something about did it make it different when we started wearing rubber shoes? Yeah. And so he kind of and so he wasn't really coming. He wasn't a medical background. Like well, that's where he wasn't coming from. But he started helping people ground like in their beds, like through. Um, he do a, like grounded cable, I believe, and people were having reductions in their inflammation. What What are they doing? Are they okay? This sounds a little crazy. Yeah. But sometimes I think crazy is good. I know. So it, what are they doing? Attaching a cable to their feet and then running it oh, out, okay. outdoors. So it's like if you've heard of like grounding blankets or no. grounding. Okay, uh-uh. so there's like in the world of the whole idea of grounding, there's like even grounding blankets. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of I don't know exactly how they did it. Like I didn't tangibly see it. But I think it was like something maybe with the bed they might have grounded or something. And so what happened? I love this quote he had, and I might ground I like I'm a not going to quote. Rod? Like He's like got your in- body's an antenna if it's not grounded. Okay. And I thought that was really fascinating because I have felt like when I talk about like this tingling through my body, and I'm not saying like um, it, it's just kind of interesting because I'm like, how would my body feel if I was always like stepping barefoot on the ground would it make a difference and and it's always kind of a hard thing to talk about because I think <clears throat> some of this becomes a conversation it's this isn't a religious movement or a new age practice this uh-huh. is simply the way that God created us uh-huh. um, and so I think a lot of times um, <clears throat> things can get wrapped up in these other um, ideologies yeah, or philosophies when actually it's like <clears throat> and the reason why why you know I do pH or fitness um, but it's just like this isn't – it's just simple like that's how God created us. And we didn't have rubber-based shoes. Uh-huh. So that he goes on and talks about like the leather-based we would have had. And um, it just – it makes me wonder like as we talk about this, like how much has that impacted our health overall? Well, yeah, because this is something – gosh, I think this is the big overarching theme that I was hoping that we would get to. And I, I'm just at the beginning of this myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe if somebody – tunes back into this podcast five years from now. Uh, maybe I'll be farther along on this whole idea. Maybe I won't. But but it seems to me that if my overall goal is to be more natural and yeah. if things would be more healthy that yeah. way, then I just sort of look at our modern world and I think I love it. I mm-hmm. absolutely love it. And you know, it's great that we've got all this technology sure. and such. But we also this everything is both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I think the bad is maybe that list of about eight or nine things that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we've got so many things that could be allergens or toxins yeah. or molds that are out there. We've got, uh, I don't know, 5G. Uh, yes. and, and I have no idea, like, which of these are good and right. which of these are bad. People have talked about, I don't know, you know, uh, other things that are out there. Yeah. I, I would have a hard time even listing them sure. all. Sure. And it's a lot of the time it's not really tangible. Like you can't see, I can't see the EMS in front of me. Right. I can't see the pesticide laden on a piece of food. Right. Like once it comes to me, I can't see those things. So it's it's even hard to like, if I recognize there's danger, it's even, I can't even recognize it I, I heard one doctor, actually I was reading one book and he pointed out that since 1984, Americans' health has gotten demonstrably worse. Mm. You know, over the last 100-plus years, we have statistics, and we have statistics on everything. Mm -hmm. Everything's been measured. Like, people know if the economy grew in the third quarter of a year that was maybe 83 or 93 years ago, Mm -hmm. like, we measure everything. Mm -hmm. We measure lifespan. We measure health span. We've we've just been measuring everything since 
you know, could be 1900, could be the 1880s. We have some statistics that go back 200 plus years, et cetera. So all that being said, Americans' health has gotten progressively worse since 1984. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just on every indicator you can think of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overweight and obesity is way up. Uh, A lot of allergies are way up. Uh, Gosh, when I was a kid, I never heard of anybody who had a peanut allergy. In fact, I don't think I heard of that until I was, gosh, maybe 25 or 30 years old. And, and, you know, since then, there are just so many other Mm -hmm. things where maybe these things have always existed. But this book that I was reading, the Mm -hmm. author was contending that all these things had just progressively gotten worse since 1984. And his point of bringing all this up was he doesn't know if any one of these particular things is causing all of these problems that Mm -hmm. people have, but he said they would actually be relatively easy to test. Mm -hmm. The government could take a few billion bucks, Mm -hmm. give them to the National Institute of Health, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just say, hey, listen, design a bunch of normal scientific tests, you know, double blind studies, whatever. We're just going to give you a few billion bucks test a few of these things Mm -hmm. and then we can do incredible public messaging on various things and maybe we could root a few things out of the culture but instead because they haven't really done this um, then that has forced this whole alternative system Mm -hmm. to really blossom and grow and Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just mention one example that that I know a little bit more about and that's going to be the nutritional aspect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm old enough to remember that when paleo came out, people said, oh, this is the most unhealthy. This is a twisted. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. What do you mean by eating all natural food mm-hmm. that your diet is going to be fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, meat, When was fish that? When, do you remember the time frame when yeah, you got exposed? Yeah. And in fact, I remember reading this in Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh-huh. and they were basically saying like, uh, yeah, all these nutritionists and dietitians ranked this close to the bottom Mm -hmm. for like least healthy diets imaginable. And here it's all natural. And I'm thinking, gosh, people have been eating this way for roughly 2 million years. But in the last 200 days, now we're saying this is the least healthy thing possible. Then I'll give you a second example is keto. I remember when keto first kind of caught my attention, maybe Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years ago, people were you know, wondering, is it safe to be in ketosis? Oh, right. Like, is it safe? Mm-hmm. And then there would be these cases where some person had been in ketosis for five years, and he looked very healthy and yep. fit, and people said, well, maybe it is safe. Who mm-hmm. really knows? Now, apparently, there's 10 years worth of medical studies which point out that keto can reverse diabetes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I'm not giving medical advice here, right. but my understanding is is diabetes is driven by sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you pretty much eliminate sugar from your diet, mm-hmm. well, you've eliminated a root cause. Mm-hmm. And you do pretty much eliminate sugar from your diet under a keto yeah. system because you're, at least the keto that I know, you are looking at about 70% of your calories coming from fat. Mm-hmm. And the rest are coming from mostly protein with a little bit from carbs. Mm-hmm. And then there's variations on this where people don't have any form of carb whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with that too, like you start really thinking about inflammation, yeah, and how sugar causes inflammation, and like it just you, though you know, and I'm still like you know we're all on the journey together, but it's the starting to really look at what is actually really destroying our bodies. Sugar is it that, and is it the inflammation? Like when people might struggle with their weight, is it actually inflammation, not? just eating too much food or eating too many, you know, the whole like 
caloric, um, I forget what we call it, the deficit versus the input, like how much you're putting in. Uh-huh. And um, But is it really due to the inflammation in your body that's changing that? So from all these toxins that we talk about, the sugar can be a toxin, yeah, emotional yeah. stress. Yeah, there's plenty of people who will say inflammation is the root cause of every disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there who will say, yeah, what good is sugar? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to have a little bit of sugar, sure. you know, during the rest of my life at some point or of another. Of course, yeah. And I think it's just like figuring out, it's just being able to equip people the right with the right knowledge so that they can be informed to make a better decision about their yeah. health. Yeah. And, you know, people will point out, hey, grandpa lived to be 102. Yeah. And he had a piece of cake every night. And but I bet maybe, he was running barefoot at night, too, I know. He out was on the farm. And he was looking at the sunset, and he was eating, like, all, Real natural, food. all natural food, and he was getting lots of exercise, yes. and he was lifting things. And the only thing that people focus in on was, well, yeah, but he had a cigarette once a week, and uh, he had a chocolate brownie. You know, so then they'll say, see? Yeah. See? But his body, I think, was able to fight. More. I just, I think about my grandpa. My grandpa is 90, and... Um, he was born in 1933, and he, he um, they didn't have a lot growing up. And so, you know, he, I'm just thinking, like, how much natural, like, he didn't have, I'm not saying he didn't have sugar, but it's not like he had loads of options. That's right. He didn't have all these, like, little snack cakes and stuff like that available. And then just, I mean, he was fasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not by choice. Right. It's <laughs> but, hey, we grew up in the Depression. Yeah. So, and we're fasting because <laughs> there's no food. Yeah. And so it's just amazing, like, some of these things of how I think we lived, like, our bodies from when we were young was helping us to, like, fight when yeah. we were older, you know. And, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned. And I think it's just the more that we can partner together and – um like work together to help to resolve the issue and that money's not on the line. No one's, um, there's no risk. The only risk is that someone can actually be healed, you know? And so I think a lot of times what happens is because of the different things that are, um, that aren't considered essential that are on the line, um, we don't get to learn the fullness of that knowledge and we're, and we, and it's not what is marketed to us day to day. So, Figuring out those things and then, like, I don't know. There's just things like, I mean, think of everyone could just eat more whole, more natural. Yeah. For one, like, that would reduce doctor visits, that would reduce medication usage, that would reduce plastic packaging. But all those things, you know, you have to think about, like, those are industries too. That's right. So, like. Well, and some of these industries were essentially created because uh, we wanted to have a policy of cheap food, mm-hmm. which is very understandable. I mean, this is this is kind of my understanding on the history of this. And mm-hmm. I taught American history for about seven years and did a nice. lot of reading on the side. But after, say, World War II, there was this thing called the Green Revolution. But it's not what we're thinking of today, which is, you know, environmental movement. But it was really more along the lines of people were very worried about World War III. And uh, so they thought World War III could come about because some country is starving to death. Yeah. And so therefore, they're going to need to go take the resources of another country. So all across the world, in various places, the United States went to heavy grain production. And it was subsidized by the government wow. because, hey, it's cheap. And, uh, you know, the Soviet Union was asking itself, how do we raise more grain? Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
you know, India went to super duper heavy rice production, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so the whole concept basically was we are going to prevent World War III uh, by preventing starvation. Yeah, If we're going to have World War III, it's not going to be because people are hungry. hungry. We're going to do it for some other yeah. reason, but we're not going to do it because people are hungry. Yeah. And so this was the original green revolution. And mm. then, gosh, in the United States, a lot of this got channeled into corn. And then, of course, in 1973, some Japanese PhDs, food engineers, came up with high fructose corn syrup. And then I think corn is like the secret product in everything because you can go to the grocery store and in aisles 1 through 16, where everything comes in a box or a wrapper, um, a lot of the products contain corn. I've read that if you go to McDonald's, I think this was in The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan, you go to McDonald's and 52% of your meal is corn. Mm-hmm. You know, if you order the Big Mac, mm-hmm. the fries, and mm-hmm. the shake, okay, well, the shake came from the cow, and so maybe the cow was corn-fed, mm-hmm. and same with the burger, and uh, the fries might have been cooked in some kind of vegetable oil, which mm-hmm. is partially corn, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, there's just, it's it's like 52% wow. corn. You drink the soda, the soda is made yeah. out of high fructose corn syrup. Uh-huh. It's not that corn is bad. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. Sure. Although I'm not eating any of it on, <laughs> on a carnivore diet, you know. But so. it's funny, too, because it goes back to that, like, we don't even know what we're eating. No. Because none of those things look like corn. No. So we can't even make the connection. Like, you know, when people have to go and start having to avoid um, specific foods, they start reading the labels. Right. Well, if you just are eating, like, those the real food, you don't even have to read labels at that That's point. That's right. You pick up the apple, it doesn't come with a label. Yeah, and it's like, if we can get back to that. But it's hard because we've we've grown up in a world where, you know, things are fast-paced and things are. And so you're trying to adjust. As you're making changes in your own lifestyle for health, you also are having to make changes that kind of go against the grain a little too. Right, right, right. But then it's like... You know, do we should we really race to make a dinner? And I'm not saying I. I mean, I love my air fryer, like. <laughs> um, but like, just thinking about things, like, kind of just it's not like we we don't have to solve everything. No. But just trying to like solve some things, right. like just trying to take steps at a time and trying to understand, and that there might be actually good fruit that comes out of this. And and even just talking now, I'm like, it's convicting me in my own ways too. Um, so. Yeah, I think just going back to and and listening to your body. Like even though you might be following something that this is the protocol for something, if your body's not responding well, like take that into account. So even if you're told like this is great for these kind of conditions, um, and you're attempting it and you keep attempting, you're like this. I don't feel well. Um, then like take that into account and don't just write it off. Right. Because not every not every plan we're all uniquely created. So not every plan is going to fit. No, um, it's not going to fit every person. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. It just also, two people talk about the different diets across the world. You know, for example, there's the Mediterranean. Yeah. But then there's also what people are doing over in Okinawa, where people traditionally, well, I shouldn't say traditionally, but it had more people over the age of 100 than uh, any other place on the face I didn't of know the about earth. That. Well, they're not eating the same things that people would be eating in, say, a Mediterranean diet. Yeah. And then I've heard some nutritionists even say that a diet that people might have in Iowa would be different than a diet people would have yeah. in Texas. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you know, they might only be, you know, 800 miles apart or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. 
Um, I think that's fascinating. Could I tell you another story that yeah. I read in a book by Michael Crichton that just had a gigantic impact on mm. me? Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Crichton was the author of Jurassic Park, Rising Sun, Disclosure, Lost World, Sphere, and just a whole slew of other things. Mm-hmm. He did the television show ER. He was the only person to have a number one book, a number one movie, and a number one TV show all at the same time. You know, it was Jurassic Park, ER, and I can't remember what the book was at the time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the man was just a beast, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, he also had studied to be a medical doctor, and then he received his MD, but then he became this author and this Hollywood person, et cetera. Well, when he was studying to be a doctor, he was working on a heart attack ward. This is in his autobiography, which is a book called Travels. Mm -hmm. So in the chapter was called Heart Attack. Mm -hmm. So he's on this heart attack ward as a, I don't know, 26-year-old intern, and there's something like 50 guys on the ward, and they'd all had heart attacks. Just Mm -hmm. for whatever weird reason, they put all the heart attack patients in the same ward. Mm -hmm. And so all of these guys were, you know, roughly in their 40s, something like that, and they'd all had these heart attacks. And Michael Crichton wanted to go around, and he wanted to ask everybody, why did you have your heart attack? Mm -hmm. And he was very nervous about asking this question because he thought people would say, you are a rude, nosy kid. Mm -hmm. Why don't you get out of my room? Mm -hmm. He found out he was wrong. He found out that everybody wanted to talk to him. Oh, wow. And everybody really kind of wanted to spill their guts. Want to hear the story. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. They wanted to tell their story, and Mm -hmm. they really wanted somebody to listen to it. And so he went around to everybody, and just because of who he was, he was a very, very smart medical doctor, he was expecting them to say things like, Doc, I never exercise. Doc, I smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. Doc, I eat nothing but French fries. Yeah. And um, what he found was absolutely not a single person gave him a physiological reason for their heart attack. So mm. he found out instead they were all giving him emotional reasons or life circumstance yes. reasons like they would he would say why did you have your heart attack and then one person would say my daughter is marrying a guy that i can't stand mm. and the stress got to me mm. then the next person might say something unbelievable like doc i stole a million dollars at work and i got away with it mm. but my conscience is literally killing me yeah. uh, and it was just story after story after wow. story of stress reasons and then Crichton said well yeah it's true that their arteries were clogged mm-hmm. you know but given their diets and their exercise patterns they'd probably been clogged since they were teenagers yes so why at this particular moment and he mm-hmm. just assumed it was the stress mm-hmm. and then he just decided from the the moral of the story for him was my health is my responsibility mm-hmm. and that the doctor is my helper. Yes. And I have to be on my own quest, my own yes. journey. And, and I really should not outsource this. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't just say, hey, this is something that I have somebody else take care of. It's not like my car where I have somebody change the oil. Right. You know, this is something where you're I have living, to be in, You're a living being. <laughs> I'm a living being, a being, and a <laughs> being. And I have to be in the driver's seat. And then the doctors are my helpers. Yes. And so if this leads a person down a different path, you mm-hmm. know, like what they call alternative medicine. Yeah. You know. And it's a great gift, too, in that because just knowing, even as you're journeying through that, knowing that if you don't get the results you want that your story, I know this is where God has reminded me in this, like, um, so it's been, it'll be three years in April, um, what, April 7th, I think, when I had the, um, 
and I'm still struggling, you know, to improve in health and stuff, but the amount of story, like just being able to share with people and hear and just like kind of that discernment of like trying to figure out things when you, you feel like you, you, you're like something's weird's kind of going on here and you can kind of share with other ones. So I feel like, um, God will be the ultimate healer if he desires full healing for me. And, um, and the other part is that like, there's beauty in that because then I've been able to share with other people and also it's just kind of also teach me to surrender to, you know, cause I spent that first time like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, you're not reaping the results you want. And, but it was like bigger back to that mind, body, spirit integration. It's bigger. I'm not just a body. Like I still, you know, the God's wanting to heal and restore all these things. And so, um, not that he wants to, intentionally afflict pain upon us by any means. Um, but I just think about that, like there's a bigger, there's a bigger story here. So even if it's not healing, full healing, like that's okay too. Um, and suffering, we can always, you know, suffering can always be redemptive and to be able to bless others through our suffering. Well, so maybe you'll learn so much yes. that you'll be able to help you know, 10, 50, mm-hmm. 100, 1,000 other mm-hmm. people. You know, what's crazy as I, you know, my previous job, I was there for, um, yeah, a little over 10 years. And, and I felt like I desired to, to be able to do something different, but I just felt like God wasn't opening that door. Um, I even was hired, um, at a position outside of the company and it seemed like a pretty, it was uh, with Catholic charities, but I was just like, I didn't feel at peace about moving on. And I'm like, I want to move on God. (laughs) And I'm like, I just kept being held back. But, um, I just think, he allowed, like, if it wasn't for my health issue, I wouldn't have had that reason to quit when I did. So I just think he, like, he makes all things new. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's do, I guess, uh, quick hitters in this sense. Yeah. Like, if we are going to, let's say somebody is out there and they are they are honoring the traditional medical route. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't know, maybe they're trying to improve their health in some way, shape, or form, or maybe they have some sort of chronic condition, mm-hmm. kind of like you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. I'm being super vague, I guess, with my sure. description here. But okay. So they, they go to the doctor, and they try to honor the traditional route, but then they just decide, I'm just not getting everything that I need. Yeah. What would be, I don't know, maybe 10 bullet points, things they could try? Okay. I mean, I think, of course, hey, you could try some exercise. Sure. And you could try nutrition. Yeah. And you could maybe put your sleep in order. Yep. And you could drink a lot of water. Yep. So there, I took like the four There's normal. There's the four first ones. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So you could give me six to ten more. Yeah. Maybe, like, I don't know, what do they want to do? Yeah. You know, take essential oils. What do they <laughs> want to do? I've done some essential oils. Um, I mean, my current state, and who knows what I'll be speaking another six months from now, because uh-huh. the beginning of the year, I was all like hyped up about carnivore now. Okay. You know, because you just keep on trying to discover what's going to work well for your body. But the whole idea of catching the sunrise okay. um, and getting out barefoot on the ground, okay. um, that's that's one thing. Um and then I think it is a very peaceful, happy yeah, it thing. is. And it's amazing. States of mind. Gosh, I just feel like it so is. many people underplay the need to be in a happy mood. Yeah, it's amazing because I'll sit out there and I'm just like, and you're reminded of, you, like, you're just reminded of God's good. Like, you're just reminded of Him. And how many times have I not caught the sunrise because yeah. I'm, you know, brrr, zooming around in the morning or whatever? Um, and so I don't zoom in the morning like I used to because. I deal with more uh, 
my energy is still fatigued and I also have, um, just the achiness and stuff. So, okay. but that's been improving since we you know doing that. So that's why I'm a, a, a encouraged. Um, so basic ones. Um, I think, I think about God and just like, you know, because he's been the stronghold through the different like difficulties in my life. And so being able to like be able to come back to him and knowing that like all this is not just empty suffering or okay. empty answers. Um, and I don't know if we're going to get crazy. I don't know what I say, acupuncture, hypnosis. I I was going to say, I was going to say earlier was infrared, like infrared saunas. Okay, infrared sauna. I actually bought one a couple years ago. Oh, cool. um, An infrared one, or a medical grade one, um, because that can be beneficial for folks. Um, I think just... uh, so even just like taking that tension out of our body. So Pietro Fitness, here's a little plug. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to check um, pietrofitness.com out. Um, but you, How do it's, people spell that? Um, Pietra, so it's spelled P-I-E-T-R-A. Okay. Fitness.com. And so we have um, strength, strength, stretching and strengthening workouts. We also have some cardio um, workouts out there too. But um, particularly the the classic style that we um, that they offer, I can't say we because I'm not um, I'm a, I'm a certified instructor under them. But under the what you know, you can have some exercises that are like nice and slow and stretching, but also in prayer and so just restorative to the body as well. Okay. Um, and then you know, there's different things uh, out there too. Like I've been looking a lot at Reform Wellness. What's the, that? Uh, awesome program. Um, I haven't taken any of their programs, but it's a, it's a functional approach, um, for healing and like, you know, restoring the body, um, and reforming, but, um, in the, like mainly through, a they call it holiness, W H O L. So, um, it's really beautiful though. They have like nine different pillars that they use. And so they even talk about like space and rest, um, in there too, and play, Okay. Um, so thinking about those things as well, vitamin D, um, with the big thing about like a lot of times when people get vitamin D, they're always trying to slap on the sunscreen, but actually letting your body to have some of that time just with direct sunlight. And I use a, an app called, um, D minder and okay. you can kind of see how much vitamin D you're exposed oh, to. Okay. Um, so maybe like, it keeps people from, I don't know, getting baked like a lobster. Yes. Yeah. Cause there. like a lot of times it's not like, okay, we're, it's March right now. So you're not just going to jump out and be outside for two hours and expect not to get burned <laughs> uh-huh. because our bodies haven't been exposed to as much sun like we would, you know, okay. earlier on. So just kind of figuring out like, you know, maybe it's 30 minutes or maybe it's 15 minutes. Um, but giving your body that same idea of like, direct exposure to the sun okay. and a lot of times we've been taught like you need to lather up in sunscreen you need to hide everything and it's like the sun is healing now i'm not saying getting burnt is healing that's not right, right, good right, right right um but those are some things uh that kind of come to mind gotcha gotcha um gosh and then what about Cryotherapy. Oh, I think yeah. we've hinted at that I that's have, the negative 160 degrees. I have not situation. I have not explored that very much, but I'm definitely intrigued by it. And I think you have too. Oh, haven't I've you? done a ton of this. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, so you go into a room, and this is gonna sound crazy to some people and delightful to others, but any runner who's taken ice baths or any uh-huh. athlete who is iced down is going to, I think, intuitively understand why this can be good. If you accept the premise that inflammation is the root cause of all diseases, well, a cryogenic chamber is Mm -hmm. 
Well, it could be negative 160 degrees in there. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked up the South Pole. Uh, Antarctica <laughs> and the South Pole is negative 80 degrees. Oh, you're competing so, with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like 80 degrees colder wow. than the South Pole. And you're in there for about three minutes or so. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, the thing is, after you've done this once or twice, it's actually very refreshing. Freshing, I bet. And delightful. Like yes. some people can't stand the cold. Mm-hmm. But okay, so Wim Hof, getting back to the Dutchman, the Iceman, mm-hmm. he goes by the name the Iceman. Uh, I mean, this guy will train people to climb to the top of the snowy mountain with him. There's snow everywhere. There's like two feet of snow on the ground. Everybody is going up barefoot in shorts. Uh, A bunch of the guys are like not wearing shirts. The women Uh are wearing like sports bras or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the thing is they adapt. You know, they adapt because I guess your body has white fat and brown fat, and brown fat is what babies have a lot of, Uh, and it keeps you warm. Essentially, uh, it's good fat. And uh so, like, it usually goes away because we live in a climate-controlled environment where it's always 68 degrees. And so if it gets down to 66, people say, I'm freezing. And if it gets up to 71, people say, I'm boiling. So, I mean, human beings will Adapt right, if you give the, op- you the body in. the opportunity to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like Wim Hof will get people cold adjusted. And that's, I think, the basic premise is like, hey, we're going to reduce the inflammation. Yeah. And it's actually going to feel good. And it's going to be kind of bracing. And it's it's you're definitely going to wake up in the morning. Like if you do a cold shower... First day yes. I did a cold shower, I lasted one second. Yes, And then yes. I was like, ah, ah, uh-huh, like this uh-huh. is so awful. And then yes. the next day, I think I lasted another one second. Uh-huh. And I think by the end of the week, I was up to like five seconds. And, you know, now, I mean, 50 to 100 seconds, it's just not a big deal. Yeah, and like it does once, feel once good. Once you're adapted, you could be there for like, you know, 200 mm-hmm. seconds. And it's just simply not a big deal. It's funny because um, after I've done my sauna, I've done cold. I haven't done a full cold shower, but I'll do like 30 seconds or so. And it actually feels, it's hard, but it's like, it's almost better because your body, after being out of the sauna, you're like, Ooh, like your body's just like, oh, get me go out. From, you go from the hot box to the cold. Yeah, box. yeah. Wow. So, um, that's gotta be, but I need to get back in the habit of trying my sauna again to see how that might help just aid again with the process. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fascinated with cryotherapy. The other day, um, we were all together at my parents and I wasn't feeling well. Um, I think it was because of some of my lack of sleep. And so I went outside and, um, my mom's like, go ground. And so I went out while I was walking barefoot. Um, your mom's starting to talk this way. Yeah. (laughs) And so I went out there and I, and it was cold. Um, and so I started praying a chaplet of the divine mercy halfway through it. And it was probably like, it was really great because it, I was out there and I praying the chaplet and like meditating on like it was just a great experience. And I've heard too, like being on the wet ground. Okay. Just think about like the same thing with electricity okay. when you have wetness versus not, like it's more conductive. Okay. Um, so if I'm quoting that correctly. Yeah, that's and probably s- true because people really don't want you grabbing electrical cables you're yeah. standing in two feet like, of water. Yeah, because think about those things. And so it's like if you think about the EMFs from the earth. Like, uh-huh. and so we always talk about getting antioxidants. Okay. Um, and the whole point of the grounding idea, if I'm recalling, if I, I'm still trying to wrap my brain, as I said, is really helping to neutralize those free radicals or helping help. It's either the damage or something with that. So we always talk about antioxidants and blueberries uh-huh. and different other berries and green tea, whatever, yeah. you know, you know, out there. It's like, how cheap is it to go walk barefoot on the ground? Yeah. You know? Well, and gosh. 
just being a little random here, I remember Dave Ramsey one time talking about how good it feels to pay off your mortgage. Yeah. He says, oh, pay off your mortgage. And then he said, now kick off your shoes, walk across your lawn barefoot. And really? he said, it will feel so very, <laughs> very good. I just feel like people intuitively, yes, they know these things. They yeah. know, okay, I should be more natural. Yeah. I probably should not live in a completely climate-controlled environment where yeah. I'm staring at a screen 19 yeah. hours a day, yeah. uh, and then stressed out to the hilt, yeah. you know, because I, you know, I go to meetings and meetings right. are stressful, and I can't do fights and I can't do flights. Yeah, I have to like sit there and take it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I don't move my body. I I don't eat natural food. Mm-hmm. I, of course, people are stressed out. Yeah, and I don't play. You know, yeah. people are like, oh, I remember when I was eight. And I was allowed to play. Wasn't yeah. that great? You know, and, and they're like, well, I guess that's over. I guess yeah. that's over for the rest Just of the my life. Just the freedom to be that childlike spirit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And how we're created in that. And yeah, I, and just, and then just that, it's that humility to say, like, I don't have to solve everything. I just like, I'm just going to work on one thing, yeah. you know? And it's hard because I'm, that's definitely against the grain. I'm a, I like to be all or nothing. Like I got to be full on, I'm uh-huh. going to do it strict. And then it's like three days later, I'm like off, you know, off the chain. Right. Um, but in that humility of just like, I'm just going to try to excel in this one thing I'm working on. So it's not feeling like you have to go and do everything and, right. and then be overwhelmed. Right. And then yeah. not jump back on the horse because I, you're so yeah. overwhelmed by that. I, I feel like some people do take the attitude, if I can't do everything, yeah. then I shouldn't do anything. It's hard. It's hard not to because we want to resolve be to be better. Nothing. Yeah, we want to like change it. But some of the things that we can change, we are not. It's that surrender of control. Like I'm not fully in control of everything. And especially if you have a job, for instance, that doesn't allow you to have that flexibility. So what can I do? Right. You know, is it getting up away from the screen every 50 minutes and getting your eyes away from that and going looking that direct, like getting out in the sun and just being able to experience the sunlight or move, like whatever it is, just trying to help build yourself up in that confidence that you can commit to change, but in the small ways too. So maybe make a list of just a few quick hitters that a person could do mm-hmm. you know like uh for example i guess whenever students occasionally ask me how could i improve my health my yeah. fitness, i, I kind of go in the opposite direction i think of what a lot of them think and i say well the first thing would be for you to relax a little bit more yeah and so maybe you need to be getting eight hours of sleep yes as a teenager yes and uh, maybe that means you need to start relaxing an hour before bedtime you plan to even go to bed and so you know, ironically, I guess what I'm advocating for a whole bunch of people is, and, and I think they want to hear, like, suck it up, buttercup, yeah. be tougher, do 500 things at once. Uh-huh. And instead, I'm basically saying, do nothing, relax, sleep eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I always point to a, a friend who's been on this podcast a few times, Tyler Sapala. Big shout out to Tyler. Mm-hmm. And he was just always the most accomplished person mm-hmm. I've ever met. I mean, the guy would pick up new information, new knowledge, and pick up new skills. Mm. And he was always doing something like learning how to fix a motorcycle (laughs) or building cabinets when he had to be Mm self-taught. When he was just always learning new skills that maybe were just a little bit not what everybody else is doing. But he was able to work with his hands. He was able to work with his mind. But he had made a commitment to himself in college that he was always going to get eight hours of sleep a night. Wow. And so I've repeatedly used him as an example. The students and I would ask them, did you ever see him in anything but a good mood? 
And did you ever see him uh, where he wasn't accomplishing something and getting something done? Because he was getting more done than everybody else. <laughs> and he was sleeping eight hours a night. And he had the most peaceful, relaxed attitude wow. about everything. Wow. It was just such an ideal circumstance. Yes. You know? Yes. And so I guess my own natural desire to do everything simultaneously. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's not going to get me as much stuff done as what I guess my sure. friend Tyler. That whole idea of what done. we're encouraged to kind of like the world is encouraged us to multitask, but to yeah. actually be more singular in task. And and it's very difficult. Um, because I I'm in the same boat. I like to multitask and trying to get a few things done at once. Um and sleep is, that just definitely has spoken, like, I feel like I need to be really addressing my sleep. I was just very reminded of that recently. And um, and even just the timing of when you sleep, um, of what's more natural, the time to go to bed. Because sleeping from midnight to 8 p.m. might not, or 8 a.m. might not be as effective as, as if you actually rise when, like, the sun rises, and getting to bed a little earlier. You know, it's again that whole natural cycle. Yeah, because we know. don't we have artificial lighting. Right. <clears throat> so we actually stay up longer than we normally would and and just letting our body start to like get into that state for sleep, you know, that hour before bedtime, like getting away from the screens, turning off lights. Yeah. Um, because it's telling our body to be awake. Yeah. In the midst of that. And but once again, all these things are hard to understand. I mean, until you experience it personally, because it's not tangible. Like, I can't tell you that my cortisol or my melatonin are going up or down right now, you know, in this moment. Right. Right. Um, and so, but it used to be just, we used that just used to habit. It was a natural rhythm just the that, way that people didn't yeah, think about. Yeah, we were just taught that over time, but now we've been taught to live differently. Um in a so, much more artificial yes, And of course, it's all happened very quickly. So anybody who studies, say, the paleo diet or mm-hmm. the work of Mark Sisson, who's also into health and fitness, mm-hmm. or like evolutionary psychology, you know, they will just simply point out the amount of changes that we've had in, say, the last 150 yeah. years. Uh, you know, maybe since uh, electricity starts to become more commonplace, mm-hmm. uh, they're just so fast and furious. Right. You know, like 200 years ago, we didn't have you know, the light bulb. We yep. did not have GMOs. No. Nope. We did not have like... EMS ni- from yeah. electronics. We mm-hmm. didn't have 90% of the pills and shots mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. So we didn't uh, ride around in cars. Yep. We weren't stuck in meetings yeah. so long all yep. the time. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't answering 200 emails a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just even our human relationships... I imagine look different too. I think so. You know, just how we did things and how we like really came together. My assumption, you know, I, I would have loved to go visit back in time. Yeah. But the idea of what community meant and community didn't mean that you and I are the same, but that we're going to work together. Yes. Um, to help build a community. And so there's just so many things that affect mental, physical, and spiritual health by all those things. Okay. With It's almost... It just like it flowed together. Yes, and it was. I would think it would more. It was more effortless in certain ways because. Well, more habitual. Yes, you it know, was just the way you were. Ra- and not right. saying to be thrown into something just because you were told to, but like, you were more. Everything functioned that way because it wasn't. It wasn't all, and I, you know, I can't say for sure, but it wasn't all about money. Right. You know, like like they say, you know, that pride is like the it's the root of all evil. Uh And so it's like, if we think about sin, like 
where is where is the pride that is mm-hmm. taking away things in our life and um, from you know just all these pieces of like why do I need the feel the need to accomplish 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 uh-huh. you know where is that getting me in life in terms of like um, I don't have time to focus on my health because I need to be climbing the ladder at work. And I'm not saying there's no problem with people getting promoted. That's, you know, no, of course not. it's a good gift. Um, or the fact that I need to um, be a certain way and I need to look a certain way. And I'm not, I'm not saying any of these things as in like I've never dealt with this either. Um, or just any of those things, it's like, why is it so difficult to reach that next step with yeah. that thing we're encountering? And, um, and sometimes that takes a little bit of reflection perhaps. Um, and just the attachments we have, um, you know, we receive <laughs> and it's a thing that I definitely can work on too, but like not being attached to the world, we can receive more freedom in that too. Okay. Um, so the things of like being attached to sugar and I definitely love sugar and, um, and are being attached to, um, just being able to like, I need to show that I produce something today. Right. So it being a, attached to that idea, pr, that productive men, mindset, um, or the idea that I need to be living up to certain expectation of what other people perceive me as, as a, um, as a parent or as a spouse, like whatever these things are, and how much you know, if we can, if we have the opportunity to kind of look into those things, we might be able to receive more freedom. And to receive, um, just being able to act upon those things that we're trying to work through. And, uh, but by no means, you'll keep hearing me say this, this is not because I've mastered this. It's because I'm right in the trenches with, with everyone else. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Rachel, gosh, we've been going for, gosh, an hour and a half or a little bit longer. And this has just been fantastic. Do you mind if I just sort of uh, have us conclude with about three questions? Please. Although mm-hmm. these might make us go another hour yeah. and a half. I'm not quite sure. But my my first one is, is there, I don't know, a book or a podcast or a YouTube channel or a resource or something that you would recommend for people, I guess, just to get started? Like what would be, you know, and if you want to, you could say what would be a good second and a third step? Yeah. Um, a couple things come to mind. One um one great resource online that I, I reference for people because I think it's a quick, um, she has a lot of good information out there. I'm not endorsing all of her information, um, but um, Dr. Amy Myers online. Okay, I've not um, heard of her. Yeah, uh, she has a functional approach. And okay. She just has some good information to help people kind of look at some things. So when you're trying to, when we start throwing out these words around the toxic burden and the leaky gut, things like that, that can kind of help in the autoimmune autoimmunity that can kind of help look into some of those pieces. Um, and then, uh, recently I've been exploring more about reform wellness. Um, what's that? And they have, so they have like, I think it's a 12 week online program that looks at all the nine p- pillars of health. And what, what are the I keep interrupting. What are the nine pillars? Okay, of health? I can't you know quote them perfectly, but you I'll try to. So it's really beautiful because it's actually a picture of a monstrous, okay. and the center is faith, and then the nine um, pillars outside of faith as the core is like play, rest, nutrition, functional movement, personal growth, space. I don't know if I named most of them. That's about seven. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. There's probably a couple more right there that I can't recall. Um, but I've really been enjoying I've listened to some of their stuff that I've just kind of found free online. And um, 
just kind of hearing how they talk about things and her, her thought is like just to reform to Christ and reforming these things in our life. Okay. And, um, they just have some good going back to like that purpose driven mindset towards health. Yeah. If they're a really good image, like why are we doing this other than to be healthy? Yeah. It was a really good image of how faith and wellness meets together. Okay. Um, because that's, there's not a lot of information out there of those two together, yeah. have the integration. Um, and but then, obviously when people start to clean up one aspect yes. of their life, well, just for example, just random example, when people sort of get their money under control, yes. then they start looking at their health yes. or it could be vice versa. Yes. And then once they get that under control, then they start asking themselves, uh, gosh, I own, you know, 4,000 items mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't like or need about 3,000 of them, but somehow they're in my house. Yes. So then they start, you know, just people start cleaning up one yes. thing and then the next thing. And the then virtues the start thing. bleeding over. Yeah. Yeah. From one to the next. And, and I'm, I've noticed that too. I'm just like, it's it's so great when you feel that way. Yeah. You're like starting to work on those things. Um, so yeah, we do. I mean, we're, we're created to be integrated. Okay. Um, and it's oh, I like beautiful that. when it rhymes. <laughs> Um, so it's just, it's really cool when you get to see all those pieces work together. And when a person gets to be addressed as a mind, body, and spirit, and not a body okay. alone, or not just a mind, or not just a soul alone. So the first was Dr. Amy Meyer. Yep. And the next one was? Reform Wellness. Reform Wellness. Mm-hmm. So those would be two good two that places come, yeah, for people to start. Yeah, two things that kind of come to mind for me um, that I think are just, I mean, different aspects of it. But I think those are... Um, resources that have inspired me or have been really easy to, especially Dr. Amy Myers, she's just, it's easy to digest and quick to be able to share with someone. Okay. Um, Cause a lot of times you can't afford to go see a functional doctor. Um, or maybe you first need to have the reason and the, um, if I'm going to go spend three to $400 on something, I need to know why I'm doing it okay. and not just that someone says this could help my health and I don't really have any other options right now. Like I, I need to have more, um, and I think that's good too, because then you kind of start, if you can understand that functional approach, then you can actually come to that first appointment with some of the knowledge that they, that might be helpful for them to know that might not be asked in that appointment, but you already had done your own research to like, let me tell you about all these other things too. Okay. And and this might help that practitioner start connecting dots for you. So the more you can share about yourself, the more that they can use their expertise to kind of connect dots and you know, pr- propose that sp- sp- specific prescriptions, okay. um, protocols, like whatever that might look like. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, let's say I go to one of these functional people and then they figure out that, well, you know, maybe my relationships are stressing me out or yeah. my job is stressing me out. Right. Whereas maybe a different type of doctor wouldn't even ask. Right. They would just try to figure out, uh, can we put a splint on yes. this or can we give you a shot right and, and and it's sad because you know once again like with the doctors and the medical and just um, folks in the medical field it's hard because you don't really get to control the amount of time you spend with a patient yeah um and then how much that whole medical and industry and the insurance industry and within the functional world some of the stuff isn't covered by insurance so it's like i get you know i can have a I've actually been doing like 30 minute visits, but I think my first visit with my doctor was like, was it an hour and a half? So the amount of time, like someone's investing in to get to know me, they're going to be able, just like anyone else in your life, if you talk to a person for 15 minutes versus talking an hour and a half, 
you're going to be able to be able to know more about their story and know how they could best help you. Okay. Um, so all those things make a difference and, um, it would yeah. be amazing if one day, you know, the, we could change that infrastructure of how things, how the industries work together. Yeah. Gosh, I feel like we could talk about that one for an hour, Yeah, but, but it, I feel like in a way you sort of hit the highlights on that, that people are, if they're frustrated with the medical system, yeah. it's just the way things have evolved in the sense right. of, let's say I want to go in to see my doctor. Sure. And then my doctor might say, well, I am free seven weeks from today yes. on a Wednesday while you're working. So uh-huh. can you take some time off from work? And so then there's the insurance question, like uh, what type of insurance do I have? Yeah. And then you give them all the insurance paperwork. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might get the bill like nine weeks later. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not transparent. It's not right. like I walk into the restaurant. and It's I not a transaction. S- yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not quick. It's not transparent. It's not like if I order something in a restaurant, I know what the price is before yes. I order it. Right. You know, I can calculate the tip before I order it. Everything is just very clear. It's yeah. straightforward. It's upfront. But in these other situations, maybe you get the bill seven to 12 weeks mm-hmm. after you've had the service. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't know what insurance is going to cover, what they're not going to cover. I think the lack of transparency yeah. is, is annoying. I think the fact that it took seven weeks to get in to see the doctor mm-hmm. is annoying. I think the fact that I had to take off time for work sure. is annoying. Sure. I'm sure then there's other things. And then they say, well, we'll give you this pill. And then if this pill doesn't work, come back again in mm-hmm. another nine weeks. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll give you a different <laughs> pill, you know, and okay, then the time limit, like you right. mentioned too. And and look, I, I like my doctor a lot. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I'm almost tempted to say his name here and just praise him to the nth degree. <laughs> I really, really like this guy. Yes. Plus he's got a great sense of humor. And and like I said, I've got three doctors in my family and I really admire the medical profession. Yes. And I like reading books by doctors. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I hadn't stumbled into the fitness industry in order to run a faster marathon and then got involved in P90X and then the nutrition world... I don't think I would be so excited about this whole so-called alternative system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like there's, let's just say there's two systems to oversimplify it. There's like your typical doctors, nurses, and hospitals. Mm-hmm. That's system one. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to call the other one the comprehensive health system. Mm-hmm. And then this is going to be your crossfit type people mm-hmm. who are going to try to make sure that every single thing about you is in excellent condition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then also people like you who are wanting to integrate faith and mm-hmm. just all those type of things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, that's how I'm seeing the world. Are we seeing this in the same way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, think I feel that's... like you've gone deeper into some no. aspects than I have. No, no, no. I think, no, I think you recap that. Well, there is, there is two different approaches and I think the more that they could work together, yes. um, the more that things could be resolved because I don't think, you know, the person with an autoimmune condition gets sick of seeing the doctor, you know, in their regular checkups and everything, and that doctor wants to see them well. And a lot of times some of these things, like the mycotoxin toxin test I mentioned earlier, I don't think any medical doctor was ever trained in medical school to look at something like yeah. that. And I don't think they were even taught that it was even a valid test because I don't even know if it's FDA approved. Okay. And so there's a lot of things that we have to look at those paradigms of the back, the, what's in the background of um, how things are being shaped. And so it's very difficult to even, if I want to offer something to someone, I also have to look at, am I working within my scope of practice? That's right. And, um, 
And then like, what is, is there a liability to that too? So there's all these things like trying to figure out that, but I, I love how you're saying like, ultimately we do, we are in ownership of our health. And so, um, God willing, God re- restore our, whatever conditions we have, but it's everyone's in partnership with us. And yes. so it's not the doctor's work to solve everything for us, but to no. inform us with more knowledge based on their expertise. Um, just like you'd go to a career coach or to um, a any of your specialists outside of like health world. Like if you just go to your specialist, they're going to inform you. They're not going to tell you if you put your money in here, you're going to exactly produce this amount of income. Right. They they can give you that advice and then you get to come home, make that decision. Is this really where I want my, what, what I want to do with my finances? And so, um, but yeah, in health, we have that same opportunity to, to claim it for good. Okay. Now I promised you three last questions. Oh, yes. One of them. Oh, yes. I'll tell you what the last two are. Uh, Can't tell we're extroverts at all, Tim. No, no, (laughs) just talk, talk, talk. Um, My first question is going to be, um, what's next for you, Ben, on your health exploration? What are you most interested in? What do you want to learn? What would you like to implement? And then my very, very last question of the day is going to be, what should we have talked about that we did not? Okay. I just wanted to give you both just so yeah. you can have the whole thing in your mind. Oh, okay. Well, let's see here, Tim. Um, you're talking about for my personal health journey? Yeah. What am I exploring? Yeah, what are you most excited about learning and doing <sighs> next? Yes. I mean, as I kind of mentioned earlier, this whole idea of like helping to reset my circadian rhythm with the sunrise and okay. running around barefoot. I mean, I haven't fully ran around barefoot. I live in an apartment, so it's quite funny. I like come out there and I have a, like this morning I had a blanket out. I had my dandelion root tea and I had my my boots off, put my feet, you know, my bare feet to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just, you know, so I want to see how that can help me improve over time. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And, um, and then just, you know, I think understanding more, I don't know, this will just come over time of just understanding more how can I live more integrated um, with like my health goals or um, that's something that I probably should propose to myself of like, just when I hear you talk, I'm like, man, Tim, you're like rocking it out. Like, and so. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. There's so much that I don't know, but that's what to me is actually the exciting yeah. part is that, hey, I like this field and there is so much more for me to discover. Yeah. So I guess it's like, starting an excellent movie and you're 10 minutes in and yeah. you know it's good. I love that you like run in and commit though. Like you're like, I'm going to explore this. I'm going to really seek it out versus sometimes versus me. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I'm going to like put my foot halfway in. No, then- I, I give people the illusion of that because I get interested in 15 things and then I might go full tilt on one of them. And so then maybe I tell people about the one that I'm full tilt. But that's great though. Cause like then when you commit to one thing, you can really explore yeah. how is this going, is this, is this helping me yeah. in my journey? Um, so that's an inspirational to me. And, um, yeah, so I think that's, you know, I don't know, that's kind of where I'm at in this, in this current state and okay. trying to figure out how to manage, new things from a career perspective too because as I'm trying to like work from home on things but I um just trying to figure out how that looks because I also know that screen time can be hard on me yeah and then also it being reminded of how much I love being with people yeah so well as a fitness coach 
I hope you can be with people. Well, and I think, you know, just I've been kind of discerning more of like what God wants for for me in the future. And like, and sometimes it allows you the things that you like, it's easy to like just, you know, work on something behind the screen. Create, I, You can create a health and wellness program. You can create all these different things. Um, but then my true heart desire is to like be that extra, like be in my, um, the way that God created me and be around people. Um, I mean, I think we're all created being community and each of us are yeah. creating the, the different level of what we need. But some and, people are a lot more shy than others. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's draining for certain people to right. be around too many people. And for me, it like re-energizes me. Yeah. And so like, that's where I come back to is that's when I'm not able to do the thing that would be the easier route of just being able to like, you know, I could pump out 40 hours of work and working on these things potentially, but like my true heart desires to be with people. So that's also part of discovering like, what does God want for the future for what I'm doing with faith and fitness too, um, or what he's placed in my life. And then what I wish we would have talked yeah, about, Tim. What do you wish we would have discussed? Uh, Tim, you hit on a lot of good things, a lot of good things. Um, man, it's just been a, a gift to hear and just kind of talk and reflect on some of these things. Um, so I'm just trying to trying to scour here and trying to think through. Um, I don't know. I just felt like we hit on a lot of good things. Okay. Okay. So my brain's kind of I don't I my brain's kind of it's hit on a lot of good things and I can I just want to encourage anyone that um, might be listening that um, to just start things small. Um, and don't believe that everyone around you has it figured out or has mastered anything. Um, and maybe to look at them as like, maybe they have some strengths that could help you and you have some strengths that could help someone else. Um, and so, um, when we see people that are doing things really well in certain fields and stuff, it's not, um, to not look at it as like, oh, they have it all figured out because no one, we, none of us have it all figured out. And, um, and just to be encouraged that, um, I don't know, just to be encouraged by just small steps and, um, and that like God's got you, you know, at the end of it all, um, regardless of whatever the results are, um, it's not, you know, to not take that as like you have failed or you can't, you can't accomplish more, like whatever. That's like, God has a reason in the timing that he offers this and, um, and there's something good out of all that. Wow. That was a beautiful summary, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm just very grateful that you took the time to have this conversation with me. And you've given me so many new avenues to explore that I don't even know how I'm going to have time to do it all. <laughs> but I guess, like you said, you don't have to do it all. You just need to do one thing and mm. just keep going. Keep so, chugging. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this was absolutely beautiful, and you're highly articulate, and I'm betting that you're already helping dozens, if not hundreds of people, and uh, I hope you live to be 100, so that you can keep, keep going with everything that you're going with. Well, Tim, it's definitely been a delight to, to meet with you, and um, I just, you know, blessings upon you and what you're doing, and you are an example, a, a, a solid example of a lifelong learner. Um, and you inspire me in that way too. So, um, yeah, just thank you for, for making this happen today. Well, thank you. And I hope we do it again soon. All right. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Seemingly Ordinary. 
The biggest favor you can do for me would be for you to leave a positive review in Apple. Nothing makes podcasts go up higher in the ratings than a positive review. Thanks again.